So today we are talking about um, the basics of accounting uh, in a business. Actually, I have a very special guest, Garth Steele, to help us unpack this subject. So if you have questions regarding which business structure, uh, incorporation or partnership, or if you have questions regarding HST, stay tuned. This is Thrive 1110 with Bold Care A of Bold Care Financial, guiding you toward business success and bringing clarity to personal finance. This is Thrive 1110. Welcome to Thrive 1110. This is the show where you get Bible-friendly, practical tips on business and money so you can thrive. And as you thrive, remember the Lord your God who enables you to thrive and be an agent of transformation, be an agent of advancement of His kingdom purposes in your family, in your community, and in your city. I'm Bol Kiri, your host, and uh, you can catch up on previous episodes of Thrive 1110 by going on the chri.ca website or by going on the thrive1110.ca website. That's thrive1110.ca. And while you're there, send a message, say hi, so that I can know you've been listening and it's always encouraging. So as I was saying right at the beginning, we are talking about um, the basics of business accounting uh, taxes today with our very special guest, Garth Steele. And um, Garth is a very a dear friend of mine, an accomplished, experienced professional. He just retired from his position at Welsh. And Welsh is a very known accounting firm uh, here in Canada and even um, uh, internationally, I believe. But um, Garth is really, uh, he, he won several awards <laughs> throughout his career. And uh, we really have the pleasure, the privilege of having him today with us on the show to help us unpack this subject. So welcome, Garth. Uh, good to be here, Bold. Thank you for accepting the invitation uh, here uh, to be here with us at Thrive 1110. Garth, do, do you, do you want to tell us maybe as we start um, um, how long you've been with, with Welsh? Yeah, I, I retired in December, but I've been there 42 years. I started as a co-op wow. student uh, from University of Waterloo when I was 19 years old. So 42 wow. years, my whole career. I haven't worked anywhere else wow. except on a on a farm when I was a teenager. <laughs> that is quite a career. And uh, and today it is really rare to see people stay in the same place, even for, let's say, uh, four years, five years, etc. But you've been there for 42 years. And you, um, before you retired, you were actually a partner um, there at, at Welsh, right? Yeah, I was a partner for 30 years or so. So. Uh, a partner is <laughs> that's a yeah it's a, it's a good role that's a, so maybe before we start diving into the subject Garth, can you tell us what a partner does at welsh and and what type of clients you had at at welsh yeah so a partner a partner is a person um, who has a strong technical expertise in a specific area and are well known mm. in the community for the advice they can provide, and the mm. partner is also a. Uh, when you become a partner, you become a owner or a part owner of the business, and um, mm -hmm. you're required to be thinking about how do we grow the business and how do we keep it flourishing. 
So it's uh, two elements, mm. technical expertise and uh, mm. running a business well. Wow. And, uh, and uh, you've, you've certainly had an impact on, uh, on, uh, on, on your company, on, on Welsh there. Now you just retired. And um, as we come really to dive into this subject of the basics of accounting, and in that I want to include like business structure, people may be asking themselves, uh, should I incorporate my, my business or should I uh, go for a partnership or should I stay uh, as a sole proprietor? And uh, what about uh, uh, setting up uh, bookkeeping and accounting stuff and uh, all the things that are pertaining to HSE? There, there's a lot to think about when you are thinking business. And that, that is good for, uh, for those who are thinking of going into business, those who are starting a business, and even for those who are already in business, because the conversation today will really cater to everybody in that sense. And um, Garth, why is it important that we actually talk about these things? Like, what are the stakes? Yeah, there's, um, there's a lot to consider when you're starting a business, and uh, the structure is an important thing to consider. And many mm. small businesses would start out as a sole proprietor, and maybe it grows mm. or you decide uh, you need to bring in a business partner, and so you would incorporate later or maybe become a partnership, although partnerships are um, not that common these days except in professional services firms and for certain real estate development activities because it has a, a positive tax implication. But um, most mm. businesses these days will either be proprietorships or corporations. So the question becomes, mm. when do you incorporate? Should you do that on day one mm. or should you wait? And what mm. are the tax advantages or disadvantages of incorporating? Mm. And and in, in talking about that, what are what are some of the biggest um, um, and and we're going we're going to dive into that like when should you incorporate or not and uh, maybe talk about the differences between being incorporated and going as a partnership. Um, so what are in your career? What are the, the 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 types of clients you've been you've been serving, and what are the biggest mistakes? that you've seen over time or time and time again as you've served these uh, clients? Yeah. So um, my client base has been diverse. Um, mm -hmm. I've specialized in the HST mm -hmm. area for the last mm -hmm. 30 years. Hard to believe mm -hmm. GSC has been around now for 32 years. But, um, <laughs> and I was there well before that. But um, in terms of businesses, I love working with owner-managed businesses, although I also mm. work with not-for-profit organizations and charities, which uh, mm -hmm. are serving the public good. But uh, small mm. business owners, I, I love to work with. And I've worked mm. in a number of areas, retail, uh, consulting services. Mm. Um, High-tech is not my area of expertise, but... Um, Mm -hmm. uh, and I love working with organizations that work or have sales outside of Canada, and we can help mm -hmm. them through our through our accounting network 
figure out what the U.S. tax implications are or British tax mm. implications or African or whatever. So I, I mm. love working with owner-managed businesses because you develop that one-on-one relationship with the business owner. Mm. It's really good. Hmm. And uh, so, so generally, I'm assuming these were were incorporated like businesses. They were like um, corporations, if I can call it that way. And and please correct me if I'm wrong, even in in the way I'm calling these things. And um, and uh, I know one of the big things is like what generally in the in the <laughs> for those who are initiated, calling the books. So, so generally, are their books clean? Are they doing things correctly? Or what are the, really the challenges that you've seen as you've worked with them in general? Yeah. Well, let me talk first about mm. incorporating mm-hmm. and whether that makes sense. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. And there's legal implications for a corporation because if you have a separate corporate mm. entity, uh, they can't sue mm. you because it's the corporation that's running the business. So they could sue the corporation, yeah. which limits mm. the your personal assets cannot be grabbed mm. by somebody who's suing the corporation. However, if you're the business mm. owner, you're probably also a director of the corporation. And as long as the, mm. the director, uh, mm-hmm. if the director was making mistakes, then the director mm. can be sued, which is you. But as long oh. as the director is using uh, valid, following valid protocols and doing the things mm. they should be doing, then the director cannot mm. be sued, and the corporation's mm. assets would be would be the uh, the limit. So incorporating mm. has benefits from a legal perspective. It also has mm. benefits from a tax perspective. And years ago, the main benefit was that you could mm-hmm. uh, bring your spouse or your children in as owners mm-hmm. of the corporation and pay them dividends. And if they were mm-hmm. low-income people, then you could they would pay a lot less tax than you would. But mm-hmm. uh, it's been many years now, and uh, the government has taken away the ability to do income splitting with family members or others who are not actively mm-hmm. involved in the business. So mm-hmm. the big benefit these days of incorporating would be the tax deferral. If you had a business that was running as a sole proprietorship, you have to record mm-hmm. all the income on your personal return. And if you're over 100000 mm-hmm. in income, you're going to be paying close to 50% as a marginal tax rate. Mm-hmm. Whereas in a small business corporation, the tax rate is under 15% these days. Hmm. And you can defer a lot of that tax and build up hmm. money in the corporation and then take it out when you retire, kind of like a pension, and when hmm. you're in a lower tax bracket. So uh, the big hmm. benefit these days is the ability to defer tax. But if you need hmm. all the money that the business is generating, then there's no tax hmm. advantage to being incorporated because you're taking all the money out anyway. And, you know, having a corporation, it's another legal entity and the accounting and legal fees add up. So there are costs to having a corporation, 
but in many instances, it can be significantly beneficial. Wow. So it's really um, uh, so. So first, like you said, it, there's a, there's a, a legal aspect to it in in which normally, if if as a director of uh, of uh, the corporation you do things well, you have a limited responsibility legally speaking, in the sense where the people cannot sue you directly and come seize your assets, your personal assets directly. Um, as long as you've been doing things the right way in the business as a director. And uh, also there's this tax component where uh, there's a tax deferral benefit to using corporations if you're not needing all the money that the business is making. In other words, if if uh, you wake, you're making way more than you need to live, it's better to keep the money inside a corporation because then you'd be taxed at like 15% or below that rather than being taxed at the personal level. Should you not have a corporation where like above a hundred thousand or so you start to, to uh, getting close to, um, to those high marginal uh, tax brackets. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's really uh, now that's for a corporation, but uh, um What is the difference then between a corporation and a partnership? Like, does a partnership offer these types of limited, like, legal responsibility or tax advantages, or how does that work? Yeah, probably best to uh, get your next your next guest speaker as a lawyer on this bolt because uh, they won't <laughs> understand that better than I do. But there are uh, limited liability partnerships where the partner mm -hmm. is uh, has a limited liability. And there are other partnerships mm. where the partner can be totally, uh, totally responsible for things. So a, a partnership mm. is um, is recognized as an entity for HST mm. purposes, for example, but not for income tax. Mm. So a partnership does not pay income tax. Instead, the mm. income is allocated to the partners, and the partners pay tax. So it's like a like a sole proprietorship, except you've got multiple business owners. Compare that to a corporation where you might have, uh, you know, two or three or five or ten business owners mm -hmm. who own the shares of the corporation, but the corporation mm -hmm. pays the tax, yeah. and the shareholders only pay tax if they receive dividends or salary from the company, whereas a, a partnership. Uh, you actually have to allocate all the income every year to all of the partners. Mm, and that means, so So now, if the income is allocated to each partner, that means that the partnership in itself doesn't, like you said, doesn't pay any income tax. Correct. But does the partnership, um, so does that also mean that the expenses, sorry, the expenses are allocated to each partner in that way? Not really, no. The revenue is earned okay. by the partnership. The expenses are incurred mm -hmm. by the partnership. And it's the net income that gets allocated to the partners. Okay. And and uh, thank you for this uh, clarification, Garth. Now, the partners, do they have to be uh, sole proprietors or can actually businesses be partners? Meaning, I incorporate 
and my corporation is a partner and another person who is a partner incorporates and then we can have a third one who is not incorporated who is a partner in his own personal name is that possible yes yes it is so partners can be individuals they can be corporations they could be trusts or they could be another partnership mm. so that 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 so it seems to me that partnerships allow much more flexibility so so is there are there cases where you say well it's better to go with a partnership rather than a corporation uh, or a corporation over a partnership well again i would suggest uh, corporations mm -hmm. make more sense mm -hmm. than partnerships these days but there are many mm -hmm. uh, businesses that were not allowed to incorporate for example mm -hmm. legal firms and accounting firms and so on could not mm -hmm. incorporate for years but now they have been able mm -hmm. to do that and when they've been mm -hmm. able to it makes sense to do the incorporation because it limits your liability it allows you to do tax mm -hmm. deferral and mm -hmm. it's easier for shareholders to come in and out of a corporation than for a partner mm -hmm. to come in and out of a partnership oh wow yeah that that uh, thank you for this uh, for this clarification now what happens if a business starts as a corporation like is that possible to start let's say as a partnership and then convert into a corporation or vice versa have like have you seen these things happen throughout your career and uh, maybe what are some of the things that that should be taken into consideration when we change the structures like that yes i've definitely seen sole proprietorships mm -hmm. or partnerships convert into a corporation mm -hmm. but there's a lot of legal work associated with that because you are selling, effectively selling your business, the assets, the inventory, the bank account, the accounts receivable, and the liabilities from your sole proprietorship or partnership into the corporation. Mm. So there is uh, a lot of work to do. There is um, the ability mm. to defer any gains on things that are being sold into the corporation, but um, mm. it's a lot of effort. So if you are starting a business and you expect mm -hmm. that you will perhaps bring in a partner later on and if you expect mm -hmm. that um, you're going to be able to defer income within the, uh, mm -hmm. the next couple of years then I would suggest mm -hmm. going with a corporation from day one okay okay so not it, it's not it's, it's better to do that right from the start if the expectation is Uh, meeting all of these criteria rather than waiting and saying, well, no, I'll wait until I actually see these things in the business. Yeah. It's better to do it right from day one because of all the implications of, uh, of, of uh, making such a transition later exactly. on. Exactly. Plus, uh, plus I'm, 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 I'm also suspecting that because of these uh, transition requirements, uh, the fees would actually be higher to do that Uh, two years down the road or three years, whatever, down the road than to do that from the start. Exactly. Mm, I see. Now, now, Garth, in that regards, um, let's, let's pivot a bit and start talking about the HST. And you, you've, you've been doing that for decades. Yeah. <laughs> and, and for people um, in general, it's like, well, 
that's the simple like thirteen uh, percent or whatever it is. And uh, so, so what is the deal with HST? Yeah, HST. <laughs> Can you tell us about that? You know, for a retail business, it's fairly straightforward. But um, mm-hmm. I always advise my clients that um, mm-hmm. a, uh, indirect tax or HST. Uh, make sure you do your homework on that because if you get it wrong, you could be looking at 13% of your top line, your gross income. Mm. Whereas if you make things, make a mistake from an income tax perspective in a corporation, it might impact 12.5% of your bottom line. So, Garth, Garth, I'm going to ask you to repeat that. Can you say that? Say that again. What you just said. Yeah, HST mm-hmm. has a big mm-hmm. implication because if you get it wrong, yeah. it could be 13 yeah. percent of your top line. Like, imagine wow. you're a, a a car dealer, and you have mm-hmm. 50 million of sales per year, and if you're collecting mm-hmm. HST wrong, 13 percent mm-hmm. of 50 million is hundreds of thousands wow. of dollars. Whereas a, wow. you know, a car dealer with 50 million in sales might make a million dollars of income. And mm. you know, at 12 and a half or 25% income, you're only talking about uh, a lot less money. So yeah. get the HST right. Do your consulting right on that at the beginning. Because um, wow. it's not always clear what is subject to mm-hmm. HST and what is not. If you go into a grocery mm-hmm. store and you look at your bill mm-hmm. from the grocery store, you know most things mm-hmm. are what are called zero rated. There is no HST, mm-hmm. but there is if you buy uh, toilet paper or uh, mm-hmm. cleaning products or candy. So mm-hmm. some things are taxable and some are not. And then the biggest Mm -hmm. issue with HST that I find is if you were dealing Mm -hmm. with clients outside of Ontario or outside of Mm -hmm. Canada, should you be charging Mm -hmm. HST at the Ontario rate or at the rate Mm -hmm. for Quebec or Alberta or Mm -hmm. do not charge HST at all because your customer is in the United States? So Mm -hmm. um, I could spend three hours talking about that issue on its own. It's called the place of supply rules, but there are- so 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 Garth, <laughs> that that is thank you for 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 leading us into that and uh, and uh, we will definitely need another episode to cover that part because I think it is really really important because it really affects the day to day of businesses of organizations and uh, and I'd really like you to help us unpack this subject and have. More clarity. You've already started giving some of the stakes <laughs> that 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 are being considered here when we're talking about this. So, uh, as as we transition towards the end of our episode today, let's go to uh, our let's get practical section. Bold. Let's get practical. I'm just going to sum up some of the things that you said, Garth. Um, uh, regarding um, incorporating or not partnership or not. Uh, number one, um, incorporation technically uh, would limit the legal responsibility of the owner who is who happens who could also be the d- director um, as long as um, things are done well in within the corporation. 
Also, incorporating helps to defer tax. What that simply means is instead of paying uh, tax right now at your highest bra personal brackets, you keep the money inside the corporation um, at, a, at a lower um, uh, tax, where, which is um, taxed at a at a lower rate, and then when you retire later on, years later, you can pay yourself from the corporation uh, because now you uh, most likely have uh, a lower income, therefore be paying lower taxes. So these are some things that Garth shared with us in regards to uh, uh, incorporating your business. The other thing is if you have the expectation that within a couple years or so uh, you would probably need partners like having like having joining forces with other people or you'd be at a point where really you don't need what the business all of what the business is bringing in uh, to live off of it's better to do the incorporation right from the get-go instead of waiting two years down the road because then there are implications and uh, and uh, you don't want to go there because the fees would be higher there there are tax implications and it's better to do it right from the get-go. And we also started talking about, uh, we talked about partnerships. So the fact that uh, a partnership actually distributes the net income back to the partners. So in that sense, a partner doesn't pay in, a partnership doesn't pay income taxes, but does uh, have the responsibility of HST, uh, which we're going to talk more in the, in the, more about in the coming episode. And partners can be individuals, and partners can also be uh, corporations. So anything that I that I miss there before we wrap this up and continue talking about HST in the next episode, got anything that I missed? That was a great summary, Bold. You listen, you listen well. <laughs> Thank you very much. So, is there any anything? You want to tell um, um, the audience, people listening to us right now, is there anything you want to tell them right now, Gav? Maybe, I don't know, is there any call to action for them? Yeah, I think the biggest thing for me, when I look at my clients and how the um, some have succeeded and some have not, the ones who have succeeded well are the ones who focus on growing your business as opposed to being the consultant or the sales rep, you know, if you're an owner of a business, you need to be focusing on growing the business and delegating the day-to-day -day responsibilities to others. And when I see a business thrive, it's, it's because the business owner is focused on growing the business and building a dynamic team of experts in each individual area. Mm, wow. So with that powerful call to action, this is what I'm going to say to you, my fellow entrepreneur, fellow ministry leader, business, business owner, you can do it. It's in your hands. We'll support you. So take courage and do it. I know you can do it. All right. So we are going towards the end of our episode today, and we are going to have a part two of this with our special guest, 
Garth Steele. And we're going to dive more into HST um, in our next episode and bring some clarification to the confusion that is out there. What should you tax? Uh, It depends on what you do and it depends on uh, who you serve, where you operate, like all of these things. God is going to help us without making experts of us. He's going to help us get more clarity with that. So you've been listening to Thrive 1110. My name is Bull Kere, your host. See you next week for another episode of Thrive 1110. When honest people prosper, the whole city celebrates. Thrive 1110. To learn more or to connect with Bold, go to thrive1110.ca.